Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Remember about a year we were talking with one millennial about her journey through coronavirus? Well, we're going to check back up with her. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 416 of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or TFWP, as we like to call it. We're coming to you today live from Las Vegas, Nevada, Pasadena, California, and Topanga, California. So we've got lots of people across the Western United States getting together to bring this to you. Uh, Brian and Nick have the week off. I told them, hey, I got this. We're going to interview Amanda again. I can do this all by myself. So they're taking the week off. Now, a lot of you might remember back in May, almost a year ago, May 2020, when we were in the throes of the coronavirus circumstance that we had here in the United States, epidemic, really, if you will. In episode 312, we talked to Amanda about her journey through coronavirus 19, and she talked about her her personal financial plan and how that had been affected uh, by the coronavirus circumstance. Well, Amanda's back. Welcome, Amanda, to the show. Thank you for having me again. Hey, it's good to see. I don't think, you know, we do this on Zoom, so I have a, a, a video here. I don't think I've seen you in a, like a year or something, right? Probably about a year. It's crazy. It's yeah. just crazy. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, let me set the table just a little bit about the last time that we spoke with Amanda. You know, first of all, Amanda's may or may not be her real name. We, I thought about using a different name this time, you know, like Agatha or Inga or something like that. But Amanda seems to suit her so well. So we're going to use that name, but it might not be her real name. You never know. Amanda's a recent uh, college grad at two, three years now. She works in the hospitality industry. She was laid off in last May, June, something like that. And she got some personal finance information early last year before the coronavirus um, actually hit. And she put together an emergency fund of three months, as I recall. And her plan was to be debt-free by October of 2020. Uh, but the most important or interesting thing to me was she calculated that her burn rate, and that is her unemployment plus a piece of her security fund, would last her until about November. And um, Amanda, I think I heard you say some things like, um, wow, I really, even though everything's going to hell in a handbasket, I really don't feel like I have any financial stress. I also heard you say it's kind of surprisingly easy to save as you were kind of adjusting your finances and putting this uh, emergency fund together. I heard you talk about the joy of being debt-free. You talked about that, and I could, I could hear it in your voice. And we've talked so many times on the podcast about the joy of being debt-free. Uh, and we talked about the fact that it was an, an emotional goal for you. I mean, something that you, you had to adopt on a very visceral level. And you may or may not know that, but our, our theme this year is 
you know, personal financial success is more about the, the heart than the head. So we talk about this we, often this week or this year, this whole, this whole issue of it being an emotional goal. And then, you know, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we were talking about, you know, um, security, security funds or emergency funds. And we said, hey, I wonder how Amanda's doing now that we're past November of 2020. This is now, uh, what, April of 2021. And... I said, let's, let's see if we can bring Amanda back. And then a couple of weeks ago, we, we did an episode on, you know, is it time to rethink the size of uh, a person's emergency fund in light of the fact that this coronavirus thing uh, lasted for, well, a year. I mean, it's still lasting, even though we may be very well on the tail end of this thing. So I thought what we do is bring back Amanda and to quote Billy Ray Valentine in Trading Places, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, can't complain. I uh, financially, I like I said, I was um, my goal was October um, to plan on a pay off that debt, and unfortunately, that goal didn't happen. Um, but my debt did get paid off, which is the end. Sweet. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was very happy about that, and I think when we first talked. Um, especially in regards to, you know, comfortability and payments and whatnot. There was, um, you know, the unemployment was significantly better than it ended up being towards that end, tail end. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I did have to dig into that security, you know, that, that emergency fund a little bit, which I was really glad I was able to make it, um, especially as the holidays came up and, you know, you, you just tend to spend a little bit more even on a budget than you typically would in any other given month. Right, um, not, a, not a budget. Here we call it a spending plan, a monthly spending, spending plan. plan. Yes, spending yes. Plan. So <laughs> I like that more. That makes yes. it sound uh, more fun. That <laughs> yeah, sounds like something you really want to go after rather than yeah, like being on a diet where you go, oh, I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Budget sounds too restrictive, whereas spending plan makes it sound like, yeah, you're still going to you're gonna be frugal and you're going to be cautious, but you're still having fun. So I like right. that. Right. When we spoke last year, you said that um, you gave yourself a couple months to kind of adjust. And then you said, I'm going to have to go out and, and, and look for a job. Yes. Um, you said that, um, you know, you would you would be more than happy to go back to the old job if they called you back. But I think I heard that you're doing something different. Tell us about that. I am a little bit different. So I uh, recently got a job within the last month. So I was very mm -hmm. happy about that. Congratulations. Thank you. Almost 11 months of unemployment. Wow. Uh, you know, and that was hitting hard, the job market hard trying to get, you know, traction for anything. Mm -hmm. Finally, I hit the kind of the perfect opportunity, which is um, a corporate event planner for uh, a, a my current corporation on uh, mm -hmm. which basically we're doing virtual events now so i'm right. um, still within the hospitality realm um just mm -hmm. a little bit of a pivot hopefully getting back into live events pretty quickly um mm -hmm. but still within hospitality and hospitality management which is really what my passion is so sweet sweet and better job better job yes uh more better money opportunity. more money more money <laughs> more money better benefits no, not better benefits, but uh, more money for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. 
And that's it, that's just the nature of the job switch that I did. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, CVBs are you know famous for their amazing benefits, but mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. my age, at my young age, I was willing to sacrifice. You know, maybe not as good of a healthcare plan, um, right? It's an okay one for mm-hmm. uh, continual growth in my right. career and um, continual projection in that industry. Right. Right. Now, did the old job contact you and? Not Say, yet. Hey, coming? No, so, not so yet. So they're not—they're not back yet. They are not, and and you know, CVBs, which is, stands for Convention and Visitors Bureaus, mm-hmm. they are not projected to come back for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still struggling and and kind of slowly but surely coming back. But I'm sure as soon as they do, they'll they'll give me a call. Right, and you said you would go back, but you found something else. Yeah. better. And I love that because the cream rises to the top. I always say. Exactly. And like, I love, I loved my old job. I really mm-hmm. did, but mm-hmm. this is a better position for me, better, better opportunity yeah. and, and project, it throws me further along into my career. Right. Right. And for our listeners, I, I think that there's an important point to be made. And that is there's a lot of good jobs that are going to be ready to be restaffed here in the next several months. And there's tons of opportunity out there because jobs like maybe Amanda's old job, which she said was a killer job is available or will be restaffed soon because she's gone on to something maybe a little bigger, maybe a little better. So lots of room for optimism out there. You know, it it seems to me. It's definitely, it, it, you know, and just talking to my future sister-in-law, she is a recruiter and she's saying now that they're getting, you know, she's just busy every day. She could work 12 hours a day trying to fill these job roles um, with companies who are saying, okay, we're coming back now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to fill these roles for this anticipated, um, you know, anticipated. Boom. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. You know, the, the roaring twenties followed, um, you know, the, the virus scare that we had in what was it? 19, 1918. Uh, We know where so many people died and there was such a boom after that. So I'm hoping that we're going to see a similar kind of boom because I think there's a lot of um, pent up demand. I mean, I don't know about you, but, but my friends and I, we all want to go back and sit in restaurants or go see a movie or, you know, and it's time, almost time. It's almost time. You know, let me, now this is, this is all, you know, upside. Let me take you back just a little bit if, if I can to like November. Yeah. So last November, your, your funds are, or your projected funds are running out. Mm-hmm. You're still getting unemployment, right? And yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And you, your, your unemployment, you're still getting your unemployment and your emergency fund is starting to dwindle down. So tell me a little bit about what that was like. Well, and especially at, when we spoke in May, I didn't, I never imagined I would still be unemployed by October. I thought right. I right. over. I would, I'll get a job. I'll find something. Right. I get an interview. And I was doing, I think at the end of my unemployment, I had done over a thousand job applications. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting no traction, not a single interview by, by October. Uh, wow. And so and by that time, the federal assistance and, and unemployment had ceased. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in the state of California, on these, you know, this is a total different conversation. But in my in my experience and where I live in, in Pasadena and I, you know, share a one bedroom apartment, 
it was just not feasible to live off the state given unemployment. I wasn't mm-hmm. even making, or I wasn't getting enough to even pay my rent. Mm-hmm. And so fortunately I lived with somebody who, you know, was very supplemental to that. And that mm-hmm. was a blessing that I had that I know a lot of people don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, I did have to dig into that, you know, uh, you know, that's I, at that point, it was a small savings that I had mm-hmm. um, accumulated over the time period, which amounted up to about, you know, five months, mm-hmm. you know, four months. Good for of- you, five months. Okay, good, good, yeah. good. So I was able to dig into that. Um, and, you know, I, because I was digging into my savings, I wasn't able to pay off the debt that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, paying off the minimum pay or, you know, a little bit more than the minimum payment just to try and kind of chip away at it. But, you know, it wasn't until um, January with the new stimulus, uh, you know, check that came mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and eventually in March getting a new job that really, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of pro- my financial wellness kind of was made complete. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you were getting, you were getting the state unemployment and then you were also getting the, the supplement that came through the federal government as well. Yes. But that, um, the federal government supplement, um, stopped in October and it mm-hmm. did not continue again, um, until I believe January. Mm-hmm. So those three months where it was, you know, less than, you know, $600 a week mm-hmm. and my old job, that was, you know, I was making two to three times that amount. Sure. Um, and you know, we, where we lived, where we are, are and, and not even our lifestyle, but where we live was really dependent on the income that I was bringing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're not bringing in that income, things get a little tight. So. Oh, yeah. 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 And I, I'd heard through the grapevine that, uh, what November, December, January were pretty, pretty gritty for you. Oh yeah, it was uh, very, very tough. Um, and those, those were probably, you know, you talk about, you know, feeling happy in your heart about spending. And, you know, I wasn't feeling that whenever you're in such a low place, there's, you know, the stress that comes with mm-hmm. it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially with my partner, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're getting married and I didn't want to bring. No! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we got to talk about that in a couple minutes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, at this point I was thinking like, I don't want to bring my financial baggage into our marriage. Mm-hmm. And so that was, um, you know, those that were definitely playing through the mind. And then also the holidays were going on and, you know, the expectation of Christmas gifts, of course, during coronavirus, everybody in my life and my family was like, don't do it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But there's still that expectation. And mm-hmm. you know, of course you're still doing it, even though they tell you not to, and even though it might not be the best financial advice. Right. You, um, but it's still but, something you do. But even with the potential financial backstop of your fiance and potential backstop of your family, neither of which you really wanted to have to, you know, utilize. Um, And even with your emergency fund, Mm -hmm. even with all those things as backstops, it still got a little gritty for you in November, December, January. Yes. And I would say by the time of end of this, like going into January, I had Mm -hmm. about a little more than a month worth, worth of emergency fund. And that to me was just, you know, I have to get a job now. 
Right. Um, and you know, I was doing odd jobs. I was laying wood floor to like, just have, you know, get my, that's right. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. I was laying wood floor <laughs> at my uncle's house just to, you. uh, get, you know, get a little bit of a head, put a little money in and, you know, doing what you can, um, mm-hmm. that's a great way to spend my time. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it helped with the boredom, but it also brought in a little cash, a little cash that, you know, and I think another, another thing for our listeners to think about sometimes when times get tough, you do whatever you got to do. Yeah. You, you are. And I think my dad told me this years ago is you're not too good to do anything. Yeah. So if you are in a situation and you have to, you know, uh, go back to the drawing board and get an entry level job. You got to get an entry level job. That's mm-hmm. what, what you got to do. You're not too good for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and and coronavirus is kind of a humbling experience. Sure, sure. Well, and I've told people too that your your career path and your personal financial wellness is mm-hmm. not always an upward line. It it seems like it's going to be that way when you're younger, but it's going to be more like a stock market graph over the, the the period of your life. You're going to have some highs and then some lows and then some highs. And the idea is, you know, to have the, the highs outweigh the lows so that the line overall is going up, but it's not always a straight line up and you got to be ready for that. Exactly. You know, or as, or as Henry Ford said, you only have to be right the last time. I really love that. <laughs> so, all right, going back to this, this tough time, the beginning of the year. So, so then what happened? You, you, you've got all, you got a thousand resos out. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting any callbacks. Um, you're getting a couple interviews here and there. So then what happens? So, I mean, it kind of was just like a, a numbers game. I kept mm-hmm. putting myself out there, kept putting uh, multiple job platforms, you know, there for a while. I was only on LinkedIn mm-hmm. you know, and switching it up, doing, looking on all sorts of job application sites mm-hmm. um, and just a numbers game. You know, I set a goal in my head of this, how many applications you have to do a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, on average, I was doing 30 to 50 job applications a week. Wow. Um, and so that it came down to the numbers game. And finally I found this position with a, um, a company that I actually had worked with in the past mm-hmm. at the Pasadena convention center. Um, and it, you know, is a events experience agency. And so I contacted her and was able to work that contact, you know, and, and, and never forget your professional contacts because right. they, and in the end, they, they are your greatest tools and, and help helpful successes um, you know, it's uh, reaching out to her and being a familiar face and being like, Hey, I'm interested in, in the position you have to offer and mm-hmm. perfect. And, you know, an opportunity to also work with old con old colleagues. Um, sure. Sure. Now let me ask you this though. I mean, here, here's a job that you really, 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 really need. Mm-hmm. Here's a job that's, that's better in many ways than your old job. And yet, you don't want to appear too anxious. What, was it hard to be cool? Like I said, you know, coronavirus was a little bit of a humbling experience, but it was also an opportunity for me to evaluate and realize like what I do have to offer. Mm-hmm. So going to the drawing board, I think a lot of organizations and companies are going to start low balling people. And, and, um, you know, that certainly wasn't too much of an issue for me. I did ask mm-hmm. for more with salary mm-hmm. when, when mm-hmm. it was offered. And they said yes. And so that's another thing that, you know, 
that, you know, companies can always, if, if they don't feel comfortable giving you that salary, fine, but you can always ask for it. Sure. Um, and that's something I felt uncomfortable asking for. Cause I know, I knew the, you know, experience I was bringing to the table. I knew what my past experience was and, you know, coronavirus hit everybody. If you're, if you're working with an organization, that's not understanding of why you were unemployed for a year, then they're not, they're, they're not really worth the time to invest in. Sure. Sure. Um, and this was not the, the case with this company. It was, it was a fantastic. Wow. Wow. Now, your thoughts on the size of a potential emergency fund. You know, Dave yeah. Ramsey recommends three to six months. I, I kind of like to err on the conservative side and say, yeah, maybe six months. Susie Orman, we talked about this last year, says eight months. Um, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about the fact that um, maybe in light of coronavirus, the emergency fund should be larger than that. Now, at the end of the day, we decided, well, probably not because emergency money is set aside so that it's liquid, getting a lower rate of return, et cetera, et cetera. And especially in today's um, you know, um, market with, you know, with Robinhood and, and the, the, the free trades and all the stuff you, you can get, even on ETFs, um, you know, maybe you don't want to tie up too much more money than eh, three, six, something like that. But coronavirus lasted a year, a year plus. And, and what are your thoughts? You know, do, do we need to re-examine the issue of the emergency fund, maybe something larger or maybe not? Um, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, in, during the pandemic, I think I wish I had a year worth of mm-hmm. uh, emergency fund as a safety net, uh, but this is a once in a lifetime kind of an experience. You know, I, in, you know, I think there's one in every generation where you experience either, you know, economic turmoil that is out of your control or, Mm -hmm. you know, a social turmoil that is out of your control that either leaves you unemployed or in a financial situation that you don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that I, moving forward, I will definitely have six months. I would for sure have six months Mm -hmm. and it seems responsible and, and, you know, nothing, nothing detrimental to, um, you know, my, my spending flow, then Mm -hmm. I would put more in there. But as a recommendation, I would definitely say six months. I don't, I don't see within our generation's financial future that there would be something so detrimental that it would take, you know, a large majority of Americans and and the world for that matter out of jobs like Mm -hmm. this. Nothing like we've we've seen, although I suppose you never know, but you never I mean, know. And that's kind of what the emergency fund is for. But I would say at least six months. I know that, you know, people have toyed around with three months and I would say that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, from personal experience, you yeah. needed more than three. Yeah. I mean, just from that October to December time period, that's three months and that's a holiday. You know, mm-hmm. that you're not talking about three months where you're just spending the bare minimum. You gotta plan in three months where you're not just Oh, it's your rent and your expenses. You have to think about everything else too. Right. Um, right. Right. Now you talked about last year paying off your debt, being debt-free by mm-hmm. mm, October. And you said you kind of had to, to stretch that out a little bit. Yes. But by what, November, December, January, you were still able to put yourself in a position, even in the most difficult of times, by making yourself debt-free. Yes. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about how that felt. Uh, I, you know, it was one of those moments where you like, you see on your bank account that there's zero in your credit card and it just looks weird. You open, like I opened my app and I'm like, that's not right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's been so long for me. And, um, uh, you know, I graduated college in 2016. I think I opened my first credit card in 2012 and from 2012 to 2021, I haven't been out of debt. Right. So, uh, you know, looking at number and, and even looking at that number gets smaller instead mm -hmm. of being, I think I told you I was like $6,000 in debt, mm -hmm. you know, just getting it, watch that number get smaller. I was like, wow, that's great. So there was an emotional uh, yeah. pat on the back to, to be able to open that up or to look at that app and, and see that number going down. Oh yeah. I wanted to show everybody. I'm like, this is personal information, but you know, I wanted to show like my fiance, his name's Taylor. I wanted to show mm -hmm. Taylor. I was like, I wanted to show the stranger in the grocery store. Like, look at my credit card statement. Right. Right. No, very, very cool. And yeah. you run into someone that's still in school and they, they tell you, oh, well, you know, debt, debt's part of the, uh, debt's part of the experience. And your response to that is? what kind of experience are you living? <laughs> like, did you want to be stressed? Yeah. You're already in school. <laughs> Do you want to have that more stress to you? And, you know, the opportunity and the doors that open to you when you don't have debt is just right. phenomenal. Yeah. You know? The fact that you didn't have debt made it a little easier to continue to hang out and not take any old job, but to hold off in the early part of this year to get something that you really wanted to do that was in your wheelhouse. Yeah. It really did. And, you know, I know a lot of my, um, you know, my, my old coworkers who also experienced uh, layoffs or furlough, you know, they mm -hmm. were taking jobs anywhere and anywhere, you know, including, you know, working at Target. And I applaud that, you know, that's such a hustle mentality, but there was also, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't want to put myself at a health risk there. Um, and two, I, I, want, I really wanted to accept a position and a job that would further my career. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was willing to go do and, and work those jobs if I needed to, but having that um, emergency fund really enabled me to not have to. Right, right. So what are your plans on a go forward basis? I think I heard wedding. I have to save up for a wedding and we oh have been. It's been great. Yeah, we're getting married in October. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're very excited about that. Uh, you know, we're saving away, um, and, uh, you know, planning for honeymoon, um, mm -hmm. planning, you know, a saving up for a honeymoon. We're hoping to go to Italy. So that's no, no nice. trip. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, anyway, I think we were earlier talking about, you know, the Venetian and in, in <laughs> oh, Italy, very romantic. Boy, you guys are going to have a great old time, right? Yeah, we're planning on it. That's the goal. If we're and able to travel, of course. And you're going to, you're going to pay for that um, with, with money that's saved rather than debt. Yeah, yeah we are. Um, and in the fortunate, unfortunate thing, depending on how you look at it, the mm -hmm. fortunate thing for us and, and my mindset is uh, wedding industry is cash-based industry. You can't mm -hmm. pay on a credit card. And so a lot of vendors don't accept that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's it's been actually a very rewarding experience to be like, yes, I just paid off my $3,000 photographer in nice. like, you know, a year or whatever. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, they do incremental payments, but mm -hmm. you, know, it is, you have to have the cash on hand to give it to them. So that's yeah. been yeah. great. And then beyond that, um, your fiance is still on board with personal financial wellness. You had said that he was actually did, did better than you in years past. Oh my gosh, he's the best. I don't yeah. know. Like, 
how he learned this or how he picked it up. It came naturally to him. Mm -hmm. Um, but he naturally probably has, you know, six, seven months savings, uh, in his emergency fund as Mm -hmm. is really good Mm -hmm. at, you know, investing and Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. just having a good head on his shoulder and knowing when, and when you can spend money when you can't. Right. And may, and he makes it very much like, um, a fun thing. It's like, okay, we can go out to dinner. Um, but that just means like, we, we can't do this later on. And, you know, it's never like a restrictive thing. Right, right, right. Now, do the two of you have joint goals that you're starting to develop here with this new life that begins in October? Oh yeah. If you ask him, I have the next five years planned out. (laughs) 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 And this is a big financial saver for us. Both of us drive cars that we paid off a long, long time ago. His car's old, mine is 15. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the next five years, we're probably going to have children Mm -hmm. um, and neither of us want to be driving 15 to 20 year old cars. So our next big financial investment will be probably buying a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, talking about that, kind of discussing how much we want to put up for up front on the car, how much, you know, we feel comfortable paying in car payments each month, depending on our, our current rent situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very cool. Very, very cool. So would you say that, you know, coronavirus has been a good experience in terms of your personal finance? I wouldn't say it's been good or bad. I would say mm-hmm. it's been educational. I mm-hmm. think it's, you, you always have been told in, in, at least for me, my family is, you know, my dad is in the finance world mm-hmm. and you hear it all the time, you know, have three to six months savings, have three months to six months savings. And it's, it, it wasn't until it happened to me that I was like, this is necessary. This mm-hmm. isn't a luxury item. This is necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, for your comfort and for your wellness, you, you, you talk about financial wellness and it is, it's, you don't want to have that stress and having that safety net. It truly is liberating. Yeah. Over and over again, we've talked about this on the, on the podcast, um, not only with you, but with other guests, you know, the, the stress-free or less stress-filled life to have a plan and to have an emergency fund and, and really to start some long-term savings or retirement or towards a house, whatever it's going to be, the less stress in your life. And, and that's really, I think, one of the big goals, seems to me. Oh, yeah. Um, there, there, I, there are so many stressors in life. This shouldn't be one of them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's planning. It's preparation. It's in just, you know, educating yourself and, and things like this podcast. I think this podcast is great because it's, it's, you know, an easy way to figure out how to, you know, solve your financial issues and how right. to get to achieve financial wellness. Right. We'd like to say, just give us 20 minutes every Monday morning and uh, we'll give you that little booster shot and keep you thinking about your own personal success rather than the financial path that some wall street or, or Madison Avenue corporation wants you to proceed to, you know, to, to benefit them. Let me ask you a couple of quick questions as we conclude here. Have, have you had your shots? I have had my first one. Okay. My second one is uh, coming up pretty soon. Right. Any, any uh, adverse uh, reaction to the first shot? I did have a little bit of an adverse reaction to the first shot. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty typical aches, chills, headaches. Yeah. Um, I actually went to work and was able mm-hmm. to work just fine. It was, it felt like I was really de- dehydrated and really tired. Wow. And do you find it, um invigorating to think that you're walking around in society now with about an 85 80 85 percent protection 
yes, I would say there's a level of comfort, especially, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I see my elderly grandmother a lot. Mm -hmm. She's fully, fully vaccinated, but she's 80 years old. And there's just that level of comfort, um, knowing that there's a, at least she's protected, but there's also a degree of protection now that I have coming into her household. Yeah, it's very invigorating. You know, when I go to visit my folks, it's not like we feel like we have to mask up to go inside because they've had both theirs. I've had my first one, the second one's coming up. Yeah. And it it's surprising how much it changes your outlook on things. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a Pasadena has indoor dining. And, you know, for the for the first time, mm -hmm. uh, Taylor felt comfortable going indoor and to dine. Wow. And, you know, because we've had our first shot and, you know, we're social distancing, we're being careful, but, you know, we did, we went to Granville and we dined inside. So it was great. Very, very nice. Another question. Um, do you have a Robin Hood account? Uh, no, I don't. No. Okay. Do your fiance have a Robin Hood account? I don't know. I don't okay. I have to ask him. I mean, all the millennials are, you know, uh, trading stocks and stuff on, uh, on Robin Hood. And, and my next question was going to be, do you have any of that Bitcoin stuff? I do. <laughs> you do? I do. You. Everybody's got this Bitcoin. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm not getting it yeah. yet, but yeah. it's, it's a huge thing, especially in the millennial world, right? My brother, he works on, you know, he works on Wall Street and he mm -hmm. um, is kind of my financial stock advisor. So right. he, he kind of like has full reign to go into my stock and kind of purchase what he thinks is is a good investment and he has done very well for me so far. Well, um, I highly suggest having brothers who are <laughs> financially savvy in the stock world, but he did, he bought me Bitcoin. And it's for you. really well. <laughs> good for you and good for him. But for all of our listeners out there, remember we don't uh, make uh, any specific investment advice here on TFWP and we're specifically not endorsing Bitcoin. <laughs> the reason we bring it up is because it's just so damn interesting. And everybody's got some of it, except me. <laughs> and you follow it had a huge drop yesterday. So, yeah. uh, but you know, it's, that's the life of stock. Um, it's uh, going to be ups and it's, it's yeah. going to be downs. The whole stock market was down. What was it? A couple of days ago, yeah. uh, the, the current administration comes out and says, well, we want to increase the, uh, the, the capital gains rate. We want to double the capital gains rate. And the stock market goes, hold on there. Hold on there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> funny, funny stuff. Yeah. So any, any last words or thoughts now that you uh, have been successfully really through this whole coronavirus thing? I mean, you're, you're, you're back up in the air and flying again. You got to uh, love yeah. that. Busy, busy, busy. Um, uh, you know, I, I, the, I think the greatest advice that I can give you is that just like life, your financial journey is a journey. Mm -hmm. Don't get discouraged because you only see small movements. Mm -hmm. A movement is a good thing. Uh, and it, it, it is. If it takes you five years to get out of debt, that's, that's five years well used. If it takes you 10 years to do it, whatever it is that your goal is, whatever um, small amount that you can do, that is a success. And each success should be celebrated. Mm. Um, and doing the best you can and educating yourself and, and just continuing that uphill, that uphill projection is, is everything. Wow. Wow. Wise words coming from one of our favorite millennials. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us again. I appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing your, your personal journey with us. Um, I enjoyed last time. I enjoyed this time and, uh, maybe we'll, we'll see you again soon. Uh, I would love that. And thank you so much for having me again. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well.
All right. I think that's a wrap, everybody. Tune in next week. We've got something very interesting that we're working on, including um, an interesting email. I want to talk about annuities and how those uh, may or may not fit into somebody's financial plan, primarily retirement plans. Um, and maybe we'll just have to have Amanda back. We'll talk to you next week. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.